0: Just on that text, John, about uh, Mitchell Johnson, you you say that you believe he crossed the line when he made it personal with the Bunnings content. Yes, and that was one of the things that he addressed. I will say that because he did say post-writing that article that he regretted saying that and that he wished he didn't. Um, however, I don't think that Mitchell Johnson's ever professed to be a journo either. He's an opinion writer um, and crossing the line from journo to personal... I don't think we can put him in the journalist category. Whatever category you view that in, he's got an opinion to give across. And the other thing, too, that I think is happening here is that Mitchell Johnson is learning what happens when you write that kind of stuff and and the fallout that it can generate. And then how you react to that, whether people like it or not. So it's all part of that process. um, And it certainly caused a huge storm. Right, let's start some rugby league because we've been swamped with so much cricket and other stuff. I'm pleased to say that Scotty Sattler is on the line a fair bit to cover, even though it's the off-season sats. Good morning.
1: Hello, Matty. How are you, pal?
0: I'm good, mate. I'm I'm really good. David Fafita, uh, in doubt for round one. So, mm. surgery today, is that right?
1: Yeah, apparently getting him in as soon as possible. Just a training accident. Um, it, it's We usually go through these phases. And I know the NRL physio has been great on... Social media for for a fair while now, uh, outlining to to fans, you know, rugby leagues and sporting fans about the extent of some in, injuries and what the timeline usually looks like. And we usually see this spate of injuries that we go that go through rugby league. And you know, it, at one stage yeah, it was syndesmosis; everyone was going down with a syndesmosis injury. And I remember one stage yeah, there was a lot of peck injuries, and there was a lot of scientific study that was going into why there were so many peck injuries in in rugby league. and um most notably not in the in the act of making a tackle in the game, but usually in the gym. So um mm. maybe, you know, with with Dave for and um he's a guy he's a he's a kid that's when he was sixteen, seventeen, he was a man child, you know, he 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 grew a lot bigger than a lot of a lot of other kids, was introduced to elite training at a very early age and maybe you know, an injury of this of this nature is something that's just coming back to horning because he, he just grew so quickly as such a young guy. So, um But parcel tear, which is, if you want to look at the silver lining of it all, parcel tear, length, not quite short at the moment. They're saying anywhere from six to 12 weeks where you know we're a full rupture of your pec. You're, you're pretty much gone for the season. So we know that Tommy Trebojevich is coming back from a, a, tech, a pec tear as well. So yeah, can be quite sensitive.
0: Yeah, Um you'd rather... And the other silver lining, I guess you'd rather happen, have it happen before the end of the year than at the start of the year, obviously, as the countdown gets closer and the amount of footy ahead of him. Right, so that's the news out of David Fafita. I was interested last night, you spoke to Cameron George from the New Zealand Warriors, and I, I don't know if it was just one of those things, chats, where we all read it, heard it, and thought that it was done, that Kurt Kirk, Kirk Capewell would be there in 2024, but they're not confident.
1: Well, yeah, you know, we were all speculating and just probably reading into what we were, yeah, you know, what we were seeing each and every day. So we thought, let's just go straight to the source. And he's such a great guy, Cam George. He's, his time that that he gives SEN, He's a he's a true believer of SEN. and of course SENZ over there in, in where it's based in Auckland as well. And um, he he's great with his time, and he's also very candid with his answers as well. He never tries to hide too much. Um, yeah, you know, he he did say that uh, they've offered him a three-year deal from 2025. But if the Broncos are willing to entertain, because uh, they can't, the Broncos have said that they can't entertain a, a lengthy deal at, at this stage of of Kurt's career. He's he'll come to the end of 2024 or through 2024 and see where he sits. Whereas we know in professional sports now, once upon a time you just got to the end of your contract and when you got to that last sort of four or five week period of your contract, you used to, you once upon a time used to negotiate where you're going to go next. Well, now that, um, you know, we we see a lot of players now that they can't be guaranteed uh, any further extension or terms to their careers. Well, and they can get one somewhere else. Well, some clubs will let them go based on their age, uh, based on their history of injuries as well, uh, how brittle they may be when it comes to those injuries and whether they're going to get another two, three, four years out of that player. So, because the Broncos can't commit, it's obviously a bit of a conundrum now for for Kurt and his family. Does he does he take an extended deal now and leave the Broncos and still go to another club that's going to be a, a powerhouse in 2024 and, and really threaten the premiership, or does he stay there and try and you know try and I suppose put an exclamation mark on on his time at the Broncos and then hopefully win a comp in 2024? Either way, he's going to be at a, a pretty powerful club. Um, He was a little bit, you know, as candid as he can be, be, he was also a little bit apprehensive to to put Kurt under too much pressure um, externally saying, no, we want him for 2024. He was respectful with the current deal at the Brisbane Broncos, but we're just, you know, we just plant the seed there to say if he does want to get out for 2024, we're willing to take him as of yesterday.
0: (laughs) Because they know that every word is reported, listened to, and, and put out there as well. So that's the Capewell situation, the Jerome Luai situation is almost same-same but a little bit different and the Panthers are now saying and Matt Cameron, interesting that you've got Cam George there, Matt Cameron's a very cool operator as well and, and he's saying, look, we're confident now that he's back um, or will come back on Friday to pre-season training that we can actually sit down and have a discussion with him. So we never know that a deal is done until it's done and Penrith aren't gonna let this guy go without a, a proper crack at it.
1: Yeah, the longer it goes and when he gets back to training, he's amongst his teammates that he's been with for many, many years through the junior reps and they've had a lot of success together. It becomes very infectious and you hear the listeners on the listeners on sports Day will hear me say this uh on repetition, but it gets very infectious when you get around those players and you know that the club still wants you. And I think what the Panthers have been able to do, Matt, is they've been able to Use this use this time period, and, and when he comes back to training, they can use it to their advantage, and and just have regular discussions with him. They have access to him twenty four hours a day at the moment, whereas the West Tigers only have access to his manager, fleetingly. So, um, usually, it's sometimes wherever you put your head at night is going to get the. You're going to get the most... Um, you're going to listen to them the most. And, and that's the Panthers at the moment. And so I think the longer it goes, it also gives the Panthers the opportunity to say, listen, it's two years at 8.50. Throw it out there publicly. All the clubs come in from everywhere, like a bunch of seagulls, and they show their hand straight away. Four years, $1.5 million reportedly from one club. Now, a million dollars from another club. It then gives the Panthers the opportunity to go, OK, we need to move a few things around. if it's If he wants... Not two years, but three years. Well, we can possibly do that. And both he and Nathan will come off at the same time if it's a three-year deal, which is a really good opportunity for Jerome Law to do that. He either re-signs with Nathan Cleary as a 7-6 partnership that tastes success. And they may have to probably give up a maybe a Taruva or a Taylor May or possibly a, a Tungor, but they've got young Jesse McLean coming through as well, a, a very impressive outside back. So... They're in a pretty good position here, Penrith, to sort of manoeuvre some chess pieces to still keep Luaire long-term and have both he and Cleary come off at the same time. Alternatively, if if he doesn't want to re-sign at the Panthers after the three years, it becomes the next best thing other than Cleary. It's on the market. So it's only a win-win situation. But I think the West Tigers now have to come... I think they have to draw a line in the sand soon and say to his manager, we need, we need an answer by this date. If not, we're got to move on because it could affect other signings.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to look at it too, I reckon, from the Penrith side, Scotty, too, because they, they do have to fight. I mean, everyone's going to have to fight to get his signature, whether it's incumbent or or other, but they're the ones, as you say, that don't have to rush, and they've had time to sit back and start to plan around all this instead of just throwing money and what do you want, what do you want, I'll come and knock on your door kind of thing. Hey, just a quick one before I let you go. We've been talking, now the boys earlier this morning, Bossy and Brandy started talking about game day experience and a lot of our listeners have, have had engagement around that. And I've taken it back towards the living room as well. So if we can tidy up the game, that's awesome when you're, when you're there. But what about when you're in front of the box and you're in your living room and your viewing experience? Is, is there anything either at the game or when you're sitting around with the remote in your hand, that that you think that we could make the game better? There's something that you would like to see, perhaps, that other sports do?
1: I've always been a bit of a traditionalist, but as I get older, I'm starting to turn a little bit, um, maybe. I I love that chat this morning with game day experiences with uh, Tony Mestrov. Um, I think it's great that some clubs get the opportunity to use a US-style market and get people out of their lounge rooms and to the games. I was sitting in the in the in the outside uh, tailgate parties, whatever it may be. Not every club can do that. You know, whether it's more mascots, more interaction, but sitting at home, you know, I I think very soon we're going to see a player that's going to be mic'd up consistently in the game. Um, yeah. I think uh, I'd love to see after a player scores a try that on the way back, while the while the goal kicker is uh, lining out to take the kick, that that player gets asked a question. Walking back oh, into yeah. position on the field it's never going to happen, but wouldn't mind seeing it um, wouldn't mind seeing maybe uh the trainers the head trainers that run like a you know an Alfie Langer or a Shane elford who are on the field more, more than anyone wearing some sort of head cam and when they're going to players and talking to them about injuries or how they're feeling we'll nev- or what the we'll never hear instructions the commentary. from coaches <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know sometimes it's actually better to listen to that, but um <laughs> but I think yeah those sort of those sort of um those sort of areas, the areas where you we're moving into the age of technology and giving access more to the to the in-game experience, I think would be really interesting. Oh, I'd love to see a a head trainer taking out messages from the coach and hearing him communicate them to a you know, to a Cleary or to a Munster or you know or whoever it may be, it's, or at Origin when it's going to you know, from Billy Slater or or Michael Maguire to their key players. I, I think that would be quite interesting.
0: Mm. I like the one of the players coming back. I, I like that and and I, I would disagree. I'd say that the, that it well and truly could happen. I mean, we would have said not too long ago that cameras being allowed on the ground um you know in their faces as they're running back would yeah. wouldn't would never be allowed. I mean in in your day as well. And now that happens at, you know all the time. So I could see I could see a time coming back where the players running back while the while the kicker's getting ready, assuming the player's not the kicker. And that little snapshot. Yeah, mate, it was an awesome pass. It was unreal. I dedicate this one to whoever. You know, I reckon that'd be really mm. cool um, because the technology's there. Good on you, mate. We've run out of time. Um, like I said, still plenty to talk about in, in rugby league. Appreciate your time. Look, I'm off for the rest of the season. I, I finish up tomorrow. I'm going to do my top 10 countdown tomorrow. So I just want to say to you, it's been fantastic working with you throughout the year, mate. Have a great Christmas to you and your family.
1: You too, matey. Thank you very much. Talk to us in the new year.
0: Will do. Scott Sattler joining us there. We need to go to a break right here on SEN.